Along our journey of seeking discomfort in the past six years, we've experienced a lot of different types of change that affected our lives in irreversible ways. From gaining perspectives on different cultures through our travels, to overcoming some of our biggest physical fears, our experiences have shaped the way that we live our lives on a daily basis. While we normally embrace change with open arms, Amar and I recently realized that one thing we haven't switched up in a while was the way we eat. Although food might not seem like a daunting discomfort, it is something we all interact with several times a day. And in our case, Amar, who usually likes his sweets, and myself, who has refused to eat any fast food since watching the documentary Supersize Me 12 years ago, decided that for each of us to experience something completely different, we'd eat the opposite of our regular diets. Amar would cut out all sugars, dessert, processed food, and exclusively eat healthy for an entire week. And me, on the other hand, would eat nothing but processed foods. I feel terrible. Yeah, I feel like a sausage. You are what you eat. Now I'm a f***ing cheeseburger. That was a clip of me after eating nothing other than fast food for a week. And needless to say, I needed a salad. But more importantly, we found that the exercise got us thinking more about our diets in general. There are so many options on this subject. Should we eat vegan? keto, vegetarian, or maybe forget it all and eat what our hearts and stomachs desire. As nutrition only seems to be getting more and more difficult to understand, in today's episode we tuck into the ins and outs of nutrition, bringing on Dr. Saman Faramarzi, or Dr. Sam, as we'll call her, and Dr. Christian Gonzalez, or Dr. G, as we'll call him, in hopes to get to the bottom of the bowl about what we should be putting into our bodies. Hello, friends. Welcome to the STV podcast in partnership with Headspace Studios. Today's guests are my dear friends, Dr. Sam and Dr. Christian. I met both of them about a year ago at another friend's birthday party. We talked for a bit that night and I got to know about their world and what they do. And as it was at a time where I was seeking to explore more into my relationship with food and health and wellness. And so when I met you guys, it was just like, oh, I had so many questions in the last episode of Yes Theory, if you haven't seen it, Thomas and I did the world's healthiest diet versus the world's unhealthiest diet. And we got to hear Dr. G's perspective on what he thought about that experiment. We haven't really reflected on the experience. So this will be a great opportunity to also dive into some of that and then see like, how does it become a long-term thing? And I'd be curious to hear from you. So I'm Dr. Sam. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I studied nutrition in undergrad, which really inspired me to understand the body better. And the mental emotional side of healing is so, so important to me and Mm -hmm. to Christian Mm -hmm. too. And I I think it all starts with habits, right? It just ends up kind of going and infecting, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like super positive or negative, it ends up affecting every area of your life. Right, right, right. And and we talked about you eating the standard American diet. That's the habit that we're in. And the challenge is breaking through to eat more like you were eating that week because you, it was convenient. You were going through a drive-through, picking up food and eating it. You, you were like cutting lettuce, massaging kale, right? Like putting these beautiful plates together. But it's like, how do we get into the habit of putting that as a, that resource of time into our health and wellness. Mm. There's something around like the process of creating the food, which is one of the biggest lessons coming out of it is that 
intention of, you know, I am eating this food and I'm shopping for it consciously. So there's so many parts that I think I took for granted being from Egypt. You know, we raised what we ate, Mm -hmm. which is a completely different relationship with animal products than, you know, what I've seen in America. You brought up a you brought up a great point, Omar. It's it's being connected to your food, and we've lost so much of connection because it's really easy to grab a box. You ain't connected to the box. It's really easy to throw some dried macaroni into boiling water. That's not really much of a connection, but seeing your food grow right from seed to the crop that's a true connection and then that intelligence behind the signals you're giving your body is very different yeah you absorb it better right you feel better you're more satiated the stuff that you were eating american diet oh my god completely disconnects us completely most of us don't even know where food comes from yeah and that's why it's something like farmer's market so pleasant you know yeah and we need to stress that more for people my mom had this saying when we were kids you have to try something 12 times to like it so I didn't like broccoli, I didn't like tomatoes, I didn't like all these vegetables. And she would be like, okay, how many times have you tried it? I'm like, I don't know, like six. And she's like, all right, still got one more. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go for seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, like actually now there's nothing that I don't eat. So I think she did a, an amazing job at making us conscious of like the foods that we eat and making it feel balanced. I think it's a brilliant move by your mom. The brilliance behind it is that it takes time for someone's palate to get used to food. So by the time eight or nine, it's probably going to get used to it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you have such a diversity in eating vegetables Mm. is because your mom just challenged you. But the smart thing was that she may or may not have understood that the palate was just changing anyway. Totally. And it becomes a ritual. Like I remember exactly what I ate when I came home from school Mm. watching TRL. Yeah. What What were you eating? Okay. <laughs> no, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I got shameful food too. I would take salami and put the cheese and roll it up and then eat these snack well cookies, which were like marshmallow in the middle, but they were chocolate on the outside. Oof. But you know, that's how we grew up. Yeah. yeah. But now we have education behind us and social media mm-hmm. and, and you know, parents have the ability to look and go, all right, look, my kids can eat that food, but now we know the gut and the brain, they're yep. so connected that my child's mood issues or hyperactivity or cognitive issues could be completely rooted just on nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, that's how it was with me. It's uh, my mom cooked a lot of delicious food, um, but I grew up in Egypt, very minimal education about nutrition and, you know, the things that one should eat. It's all like cultural based. You know, it's not like I I ate unhealthy, but there was not really like a, a nutrition plan for what we were, what we were being fed. And there was like an overconsumption of, uh, sugar and sweets and it's a cultural thing but I remember it being a more of a more of a problem for me like more so than my siblings or other kids around me the compulsion to eat sugar was was very strong and that kind of evolved over my childhood to a point that um, I would eat spoons of white sugar mm-hmm. and my mom started noticing that and she started hiding the sugar containers and uh, cabinets that were higher and I think this is where my interest in parkour came from. <laughs> I started uh, I started figuring out ways to, to climb and I would uh, just basically get uh, parts from my toys that I could uh, put sugar in and then hide them in different places. So wow. like, um, I think a lot of shame and a lot of like things that I did in regards to that compulsion have like, a, like this deeper emotional layer that I didn't start to unpack up until like this experiment because of how much we talked about it and how it was a joke. And then I remember like, holy shit, like I was actually, this is how 
someone acts with like addiction, like, you know, you you steal so that you can get your fix. That's exactly what I did as a child. Mm. And I was so fucking like ashamed of that. There's two parts. There's always the emotional aspect of food. And we associate that with mom or family, love, the way they showed love, right? And or trauma, right? Like, oh my God, like every time my dad came home, he was so aggressive that my comfort was in eating those Snackwell cookies, for example, we'll say. So if, if you feel that addiction it's, and you're, un, you're doing it, you're unpacking it already, which yeah. is amazing. But also knowing like the biggest travesty I think we have in pediatrics, one of the biggest travesties is that children are eating such shitty food, synthetic process marketed to hit a bliss point, which we talked about, which triggers their brain to go, I want more, spreads that dopamine, shoots the dopamine out. And then you show up in school and then we get a medication because you're hyperactive. When we know a lot of these agents like food coloring and sugar are causing insulin spikes up and down and exciting the brain. Of course a kid who's gonna show up like that. We adapt as human beings to things and we feel good because this reminds us of Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. And we just, we look for love in many different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way you do it. So I guess for someone listening, you know, where, where does one start? You know, if, if you're relatively health conscious or if you're not health conscious at all, like, where do you begin? Let's you start know? with the foundational yeah. stuff, Sam. Yeah. yeah. You want to start? No, you go. Okay. Uh, colors. <laughs> think about, think about like at the end of the day, did I eat the rainbow of fruits and vegetables? And That's not it. Skittles. Yeah, not Skittles. <laughs> that, you know, was, you I saw that video, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Eat the rainbow. But just think right now, fruits and vegetables rainbow of colors. Then you're giving your body these phytonutrients, these plant chemicals that are so important for every single system in our body, from brain to liver, to urinary tract, to everything. That is where I start, right? And I would say the next thing is reducing the sugar count. So getting rid of those sugar concentrated sodas or juices, you'll also find that you feel so much better over time. Yeah, I think I love that you said adding the colors of the rainbow, right? Because adding is always easier than being like, you have to avoid 500 things, right? So adding the rainbow to your diet, but also like looking at how much water are you drinking? Something as simple as dehydration could make you crave more food and make you crave sugar. Thank you for mentioning water. That's so, yeah. so important. A lot of us are like, oh, I get headaches every day. They don't, yeah. Nobody even talks about water. It's so yeah. crazy. My body's so tired. I feel sluggish. Yeah, um, I think that's one of the things that changes. I've had patients that are like, no one can figure out why I'm dizzy or I'm nauseous. I get headaches. And then they start drinking their water and they're like, wow, all my problems are gone. Yeah. What did you guys think when we started the our extreme challenge? Well, I was really worried about you. I mean, I was glad that you guys only committed to a week of it, but I was like, holy shit, eating every single meal, fast food meal. I've done that before where it's like, oh no, it becomes a habit. Even when you know all the right things. I feel at some point it turned like that for you. Like the fifth day I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I'm fine with fries. These fries taste freaking good. Because the body adapts. And then you crave it later too. Like I've done that where like I've had a few days of being under stress where I'm like, I can't go and get a healthy meal. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like third day, I'm addicted. So I was like, oh no, let's see what happens. And then for you, Amar, I was really excited. I was like, let's see how he creates these new habits. Yeah, I was shocked by how well you did. I can't wait to hear. I want to hear what was going on with you guys. What did you guys, or unless you- No, 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 that was my concerns. Yeah. (laughs) For me, it was like, I was worried about the gut and the mood. Yeah. And then when I first saw him after, I go, what, how was it before it aired? And he's like, my mood was, and I I just knew like, that's the food that affects your mood. And it's cool because when you adapted, that's the body going, okay, this is my new reality. Mm -hmm. Let's adapt. 
what you would have find is if you kept eating, you would have forgot what old Thomas felt like, right. where he felt healthier and more energized. Your mm. new level of energy, maybe be a four out of 10, and you go, okay, this is my energy now. Mm. That's how we're walking around in yeah. America, yeah. right? So that was such a great microcosm of experience for yeah. your week. And then seeing Omar, man, he was like, it yeah. was just like, when I saw you cut, you had the salmon and you, you had greens over there. Like I was so proud of that meal. I, I was, was like, so yeah, proud of that damn, meal. Omar was <laughs> really good. I, I, you really that was my in. last day, so he let me uh, taste it after I finished <laughs> oh, you my did, last yeah, yeah. meal. It was delicious. Yeah, that salad was great. You got to show me how you made that. Your body was rejoicing too. Yeah, I was like, damn, this is great. <laughs> my first vegetable. Viral food. Yeah. High vibe food. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this short break. If people keep telling you to try meditation and you're like, when? When would I have time? You should check out Headspace. Ranging from three-minute meditations to 20 minutes, just four of these guided sessions can reduce burnout 14%. And just 30 days of Headspace lowers your stress by 32%. I, for one, struggle with anxiety and get stressed by minute things in my daily life that I feel like rob me of my genuine joy. And meditation has allowed me to slow things down and reconnect with how I feel in this moment and move on with my day, feeling much more present and more focused. And the benefits long-term on your happiness are honestly incredible. And by meditating now almost every single day for three years, I genuinely feel much happier in my daily life. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. And you deserve to feel happier. So go to headspace.com slash yes theory. That's headspace.com slash yes theory for a free month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash yes theory. And now back to the episode. No, I think uh, I think a big thing that helped me is I think it just coming from a place where I, d- I didn't want it to feel like a chore that I'm yeah. that I'm eating healthy. I'm like it's coming from a place of deep intention to sustain myself and learn something new. And this experience just gave me the opportunity to just take it at face value of like just what's my relationship with food. Period. Yeah, it's like an experiment to create that awareness, which is your best teacher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the kind of the thing that struck me the most is how. On my side, my mental health was affected by what I ate. It was definitely a downward uh, mm-hmm. spiral. And some people thought I exaggerated, but I just, I don't think my body knew how to digest what I was eating. I think towards the end, I was becoming just nutrition deprived because mm-hmm. I was literally only eating fries and hamburgers, like not one vegetable the whole Oof. week. So it was- For every single meal. Yeah, tell us yeah, what yeah. you yeah. ate. Hey man, so, Big Macs have lettuce, okay? No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so breakfasts depends. I did like a Burger King croissant sandwich. Um, I did like a, Starbucks has like those cakes, you know, like the oh, yeah, coffee cakes and those yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll get like a, I got like a sugary frappuccino or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that for breakfast. Lunch was usually like burger and fries or something like that. And dinner's a similar thing. Um, <laughs> I saw one comment that was like, uh, Thomas eats one Big Mac, dies. <laughs> I saw that too. And I was like, I was shocked myself. Like I, I, I didn't expect that I would get so tired. I was trying to sleep for the most part, but I was kind of struggling with it. Um, but that week definitely showed me that balance is like so important for me. In a lot of ways, it gave me like a very, I became extremely grateful for 
diversity in my food and in my regular diet and the way that um, the privilege know, of choice, the privilege of yeah of, yeah, of having been brought up with my mom who like cared to teach us about food and and push us to eat the vegetables that we needed and all that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed my mood fluctuating more. I was like way more irritable for some reason. Uh, just having a harder time like focusing on something for a long time, just more distracted. So, yeah, maybe we can hear your guys' perspective on that. Uh, Thomas, I think I think we'd be remiss not to talk about like what happened in the body, mm. because people who are eating like this regularly should know what's happening in the body. Now, the foods that you're eating, I call them nutrition stealers. Essentially, you're eating the food and the body's using more resources to break down and to reduce that inflammation that's happening by virtue of you eating the crappy food. Mm. So it's utilizing all of the energy and cofactors like B vitamins and minerals, which is why you felt a change in your energy, mm. a change in your sleep, right? Like how you just didn't feel good mm. is because when you're eating a healthy diet, it's nutrition givers. You're giving that to the body. So all that good food is getting the B vitamins, getting the minerals, and then you get to use it for essential functions like brain and your body being able to handle stress and being resilient and energy. Um, uh, Sam, do you want to talk about like kind of what happens in the gut and the brain and how that's connected to mood? Yeah, absolutely. So then when you break down those foods, so depending on what you ate, right? Every time you eat, let's say animal products, if you're eating low quality saturated fats that come from animals, your bacteria breaks it down and, and I'm not vegan, so I don't want to, it's, it's depends, depends on the quality of it and how much you're having it, right? Um, breaks it down, creates this thing called LPS, lipopolysaccharides, which is a normal part of the bacteria that you have in your gut. But when you mix it with high carbs and saturated fats and it ends up creating leaky gut and it leaves your gut and it goes into your bloodstream. And then it could go anywhere in the body and cause inflammation. So for some people, it'll go to their brain and cause inflammation in the brain, cause inflammation in your joints and your liver. I mean, there's so many people nowadays with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease just because of that phenomenon, because of the diet they're eating. They're like, I don't even drink alcohol. And it's called non-alcoholic fatty mm -hmm. liver disease. It's just because of this, these fat deposits from this bacteria breakdown. And then it's the whole part of the bacteria that end up getting utilized and low dopamine production. Mm -hmm. So many people have low dopamine and that's where the anxiety, the gut-brain connection happens. Serotonin and dopamine are produced in the gut. 90% of it is made in the gut. So if you're not feeding your bacteria the healthy foods to thrive... How crazy is it that we give so much medication for like get, like rebalancing people's dopamine yeah. and neurotransmitters yeah. yeah when you're only working on 10% of that that's yeah. so crazy right? like it's made in here right. so if you're not feeding it the right things you're going to feel depressed or anxious there's going to be a lack of balance in your gut yeah so if you have you suffer with depression and anxiety you have to, have to, have to first look at your gut health, the bacteria in your gut, and the food you're feeding that yourself. Like those are the major, major things for depression and anxiety. And, uh, and that's what you're experiencing. So let's say you did that for another six months, My your God, anxiety might go, might, yeah, what's well, standard American? So your anxiety right. may go through the roof, right? You definitely would be less motivated. You'll gain weight for sure. So it's like all of these yep. things. Why is this taught in first grade? Why is yeah. this taught in second grade? Why yeah. are our parents taught this? It's, mm. it's, so this this begs the question to say like, can we optimize our gut health, which is then by virtue optimizing our brain health, and then by virtue optimizing mental health? Mm. How do we get in touch with that by just eating better? And mm. we can. Mm. And this is like 
what we're here to do, you know, and like you guys are setting that platform. So I think it's amazing stuff that you guys are set to do in the future. Part of me is thinking about there's a level of like guilt with food too that I feel like becomes a counterproductive energy, right? Like when you feel guilty, you end up binging more almost as a reaction to it. And so, yeah, I hope that we can, that there is a level of balance for those listening to not be like, oh my God, I've been eating fast food. Like, what do I do? Because I feel like that's going to become a counterproductive thing. And so I think it's about taking baby steps and being okay. Like it's not a transformational thing overnight. Especially with nutrition. That's exactly religion. It's it's a lifelong journey of learning and it's just progressively trying to make it a sustainable thing that you can do for the rest of your life. Thomas, I love that you brought that up because right before you said that, what I was thinking about is one of the things that actually sets people up for failure is that guilt that even if they decide that they're going to start this journey of eating healthy and then they in their mind, quote unquote, mess up and eat a cheeseburger. Then they're like, oh, I'm gonna throw everything down the toilet and I'm just gonna continue eating this diet. But it's like, that's okay, right? You make one decision, it's the next decision that really sets you up on the path, right? And it's the guilt that really stops them from moving forward and continuing the healthy journey. So Mm. there has to be compassion, there has to be flexibility. And if there isn't, you will not succeed because yeah. then you're going to create this pattern of beating yourself up and feeling crappy. I think if we eat three meals a day, it's 21 meals a week, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say four of those, five of those are like shitty meals. Look at the ratio. You're still eating an abundance of good food. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think about it. We just go meal to meal and go, oh, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like opening the space and thinking more of adding versus subtracting. Yeah. Start there and let your body take, take what, six weeks mm-hmm. of just adding those good foods, all the colors, drinking more water, being more intentional, like just going, okay, maybe if I eat this bowl of beautiful colors of the rainbow of nutrition, I might not have a craving three hours from now for a little brownie bar, you know, Mm because you won't, Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll help balance your insulin. Yeah. So mm. th- I think that's the, like, again, I think the that was the biggest takeaway from the eating out of hunger versus out of sustenance. It's because right. it's like a reactionary thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not accounting for what in three hours what I'm gonna feel like. That's the other main part of my experience with nutrition that I'm trying to to tackle because it's uh, the, the habit of just it being reactionary is so strong. Yeah, and have some stuff ready. Have some hummus in your house. Right. Yeah. Make some avocado. You know. You see, my people days. are making a, you know that that comeback with the hummus just being a yeah. good, <laughs> like a good. Right. I have yet. Listen, I, I want to know where the best hummus is because I have yet to have Syria, good hummus probably. in my life. I'm Syria. waiting for Amar to show me. Okay. Syria. We, we're, we're, we're so you have to go to Syria? Good luck. Can we do, yeah. do Yes, Dear Heal Thyself special guest, Sam, finding the best hummus in the world? <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm waiting on that, man. Yeah. I had some good guacamole, but I'm waiting on that good hummus. Yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> make it happen. Can't wait. Guys, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I'm really excited that we did this. And again, it feels awesome to be bringing friends into into our world and, and just uh, sharing all the learnings and and, and the platforms to amplify it to more people. Thank you guys Thank for you having guys us. Thank you guys for having it. us. Appreciate and, it. Yeah. From our energy levels to our cognitive abilities, what we eat is a huge determining factor in how we live our lives. Amar and I learned the importance of eating clean while also maintaining a healthy balance of natural sugars and other items in order to stay in a zone that kept both our minds and bodies feeling sharp. Like everything else in the world, there is not a one-size-fits-all approach to what you should eat. But making sure we drink lots of water, having a variety of colored foods on our plates, and looking into the ingredients we put in our bodies is an amazing first step. 
We also have to accept that we're not going to like everything we eat the first time we try it. So if we weren't pushed enough as kids to try a variety of fruits and vegetables, it's up to us as adults to embrace that as one of the more attainable ways for us to seek discomfort. Finding a new recipe using a vegetable you've never tried before or ordering something healthier at a restaurant. With both the world's healthiest and unhealthiest diets under our belts, Amar and I definitely have a better grasp on just how important our diets truly are. With the realization of how big of a part they play in our mental health along with our physical, we are geared to take a new approach to what we consume each day. Being more conscious about these daily decisions is going to allow us to get more in touch with our mind-body connectivity and hopefully afford us the opportunity to better understand ourselves. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. I'm your host for this episode, Thomas Bragg. But I would not be here without my friends Amar, Dr. Farah Marzi, and Dr. Gonzalez. This episode was produced by Luke Himmelsbach and was edited and sound designed by Travis Lofman. The S3 podcast is produced by Luke Himmelsbach for Expedition Audio. From Headspace Studios, this show is produced by Danny Karasimi. Additional production help from Demira Pierre. The executive producers are Leah Sutherland, Morgan Selzer, and Sam Rogaway. <laughs>